Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. Holy Spirit, we just ask for your guidance today. We ask that you open our eyes to what we need to see, open our ears to what we need to hear, and most importantly, you just grace us with your ever-loving presence. In your holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Today's guest is Johnny Cox, good friend from golfballs.com. Johnny does uh, merchandising and uh, internet sales customer service at, at uh, golfballs.com. He's a great Cajun Catholic, and uh, it's a pleasure for me to have you on the show. Welcome, Johnny. Thank you so very much, Todd. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So, uh, been in Lafayette almost my whole life. I'm very proud to to attended UL, USL back in the day. Uh, I love being in Lafayette. I love what it means to be a Catholic in Acadiana, the uh, community, the love, and just the overall arching support of people that get along in, in our community. It's a special place. Are you you from Lafayette? Well, Where's originally that? born in New Orleans, but okay. moved here at the age of two. So That counts. Uh, it, I'd like to think so. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's funny. It, at, at work, we get calls from all over the world, and they always say, where's your accent? Uh, <laughs> well, with my folks being from elsewhere, moving down here, I just I wasn't blessed with that Cajun accent. Good deal. Good deal. So where did you go to school in Lafayette here? Or? Yeah. Well, started uh, at Alamo. Okay. I'll, I'll go yeah, back to middle sure, school days. Sure. I love that. And then Lafayette High. I, I am a mighty lion. Uh, nice. My brothers of which are Acadiana Rams, so that's always been a little bit of uh, – uh, you know, strife between us, <laughs> good loving strife, but uh, then went to USL. And if I'm not mistaken, I was probably one of the last classes known as USL. Ah, so spring that's a of 99. question there. It, it is. I think spring of 99 was the last semester uh, that the degree officially said that. Very nice. Very nice. So, you know, I know Johnny's got a big uh, heart, and he's got a big uh, love for Christ, and uh, I've had the great privilege of, of being on the Axe Retreat with Johnny. I know that's a big uh, part of who he is and what he does uh, in his ministry, but um, tell us about your, your faith. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So uh, faith was always a, a word I, it was a word I didn't understand for many years, and so uh, for me growing up, church was at Holy Cross with Father Kale, love Father Kale. Love Father Kale. Um, but it didn't mean much to me. It meant it was an hour away, taken away from me playing sports, watching football, or doing what I wanted to do. And so it, it didn't mean anything to me. And, uh, confirmation came, and of course I didn't understand what confirmation meant because even through religion class, didn't want to be there. I had better things to do, or so I thought. Uh, so I confirmed, and like many Catholics, and what I'm encountering with our youth today, once you turn 16 and you confirm, you disappear. But being that good Catholic boy that I was, I didn't want to disappoint my parents. So what I would do to work around not disappointing them was they always asked, did you go to Mass? And I would park in the parking lot at the 5 o'clock Mass on Sundays, and then drive home at six and technically was i lying if i said i was at church 
Um, that was my workaround. Not good, obviously. You were real close to church. Right, right. I was in proximity, <laughs> that osmosis. And uh, obviously that was uh, years later used in the confessional <laughs> um, for, for things that I, I regret. But that's what I did. And as soon as I could get move away from the church, I did. And I, I stopped going to Mass. For, Who was your confirmation sponsor? Couldn't even begin to yeah. tell you. Okay. Couldn't. I mean, that's that's how little it meant to yeah. me back then. And it, it it's it hurts me now. Knowing what I know now, it pains me for yeah. what I didn't know then. Time and place for everything. It, you're right. That, yeah. that fully accurate. So I disappeared from the church for about seven years. Just stopped going to mass, and like anything, my life just went into a deep dark spiral. Then. You know, the, the life, I my ego was driving everything I did, and uh, I regretted many things, but I kept doing them. It was funny how that works out. Um, you know, th- the thing is that I always knew God was there. And I can remember in, in all of my troubles and my darkness, I can always remember driving by St. Pius every morning going to work, and he'd be calling me, come on, come on in, come on. And I'm like, I, I just shoo him away. You no, 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 no. You can't forgive me for what I've done. And I, every morning, come on in, come on in. And no. And so, at, at one point, it was I had hit rock bottom, and I knew it in my heart because I was. For me, one of my biggest issues was eating. It, it wasn't alcohol. It wasn't drugs. It was eating, and I. I would eat myself into a depression and just keep eating. And I can always remember that, uh, uh, you know, like anything to, to get over something, you go to Panama City Beach for a vacation, yes. right, with your college buddies. And I'm sitting there on the balcony going, this is going to go one of two ways. And I have to make a decision on how it's going to turn out. And so I get back home and my brother, uh, who ran a nutrition store at the time he was about to do a uh, a body for life challenge a weight loss contest and at that point i was 260 pounds i was just it was not good for me and so we proceeded to work on me for six months and i dropped almost 80 pounds wow. yeah so it was life-changing so i always say my brother mike saved my life but my soul was still a work in progress <laughs> and so uh you know, as the months went on, I kept, I hadn't gone back to church. I could keep, I kept hearing him call me and I was like, God, send me something, send me a sign. And lo and behold, my other brother and his wife set me up on a, a blind date with my wife now, Christine, who uh, we're going on 18 years this beginning of June. And she had a fire. You know, sometimes you see that, that fire inside, that light, that, that glow. And I shared everything with her. And she helped walk me back to church. She, she, I wasn't strong enough to do it on my own. And she held my hand and walked me back to the confessional, to healing. And at that point, it, it just ignited a passion and a fire that I had never known within my faith. And uh, so... It, from there, she always told me we were going to be challenged, and I never knew what that meant mm-hmm. regarding a faith life because I didn't have one before. And uh, it, 
it certainly has showed it showed itself with uh, I have four daughters now 16 14 12 and 10 so that unto itself is you one upped me <laughs> it is most definitely interesting coming from all boys but in the beginning our first daughter she was a true miracle in the sense of the word uh, they did not anticipate her to live through the through the day and you know just the story of her birth alone I had to go home in Opelousas at the time and she calls me saying they want to do an emergency baptism because they don't anticipate her making it through the night mm. so I speed back I get there and our deacon uh, from our church in Opelousas Deacon Tom Lindsay was there already visiting just by chance he goes hey I got the holy water let's go and so we go into the NICU unit where all the other babies had to be moved away from her because everything was just antagonizing her and her vitals would drop. And uh, as we're praying over her, our doctor was there and she just stopped in the middle of the baptism, said, do you smell that? And it paused, everyone stopped and, what are you doing talking during the baptism? And she said, no, 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 do you smell the roses? Wow. And we stopped and sure enough, it That's was beautiful. a strong rose smell. And she goes, Mary's here. Wow. Your daughter's going to be fine. And so uh, they ended up airlifting her to Oshner's in New Orleans because they could not heal her or, or fix her mm -hmm. at uh, Women's and Children's with the equipment that they had. So we get there, and they figure it out and said, 30 days, she's going to be here. Then she'll get to go home. And we're like, great. And now this is around Thanksgiving. And so seven days in, was Thanksgiving morning and we went to a mass just down the street and there was an archbishop saying the mass there and so we go to him afterwards and ask him to pray for for our daughter and he says I'll offer up so many prayers today for it great we go back to to the hospital before we go out to lunch and the doctor says I can't explain it it's nothing short of a miracle but the hole that was in her lung is completely healed. Wow. And That's she'll be so going awesome. home on Saturday. And <laughs> first thing I was I thought of was like, man, that archbishop has a direct <laughs> line to the big oh, guy. Man. So uh, you know, in, in trying to figure out that story as the years go by, he was actually the archbishop of Miami. Okay. But this parish was his home parish growing up. And he says mass once a year on Thanksgiving Day there whoa right right so in it, new orleans right in, in new you orleans what church that was no i i have it written down yeah yeah but i, I do not, not immaculate is. conception on barone no I there's can, a, there's some really awesome churches in new orleans it was about a mile away from Oshner's okay, on the same okay. street and that's so awesome it, i've got it all but it was it was phenomenal phenomenal so two days later we went home with her and you know she's been free and clear ever since others we had another issue Powerful. with our third daughter too so uh that was testing in that she had to wear a heart monitor on her chest for a full year so that was interesting as it would go off in mass mm -hmm. it would it would make oh, these wow. loud sounds to make sure that she was breathing properly mm -hmm. and so uh you know we were certainly tested with our faith but the most important in all of all of that was i learned what the word surrender means it's not easy. My ego wants to hold on to that and control it. Well, especially when your children are involved, I'm R sure. 
twice as much, you know, with, 10 times as much. With our firstborn daughter uh, being so out of, we, we had zero control on that. And so knowing what could potentially happen, my wife and I sat down, we prayed a rosary that night, and we surrendered all and said, look, God, if you need her back, she's yours anyway just thank you for giving us this little bit of time with her and that really kind of set our path and our steadiness within our faith is you have to surrender if you don't it's not going to work out for you in the end you you have to let go and so we certainly uh, we certainly did that with our daughters and through the years I've learned to do that just through everything we offer up for God I'm sure there's many listeners out there that have children that have had children that have been sick and you know what a um, amazing testimony and a, and a, um to show your faith and and how how God intervened how Mary came in and just uh made it all good. I mean it's so beautiful and got to just be so so strong in your life, you know. Just such such a, a way to continue on with your faith. So tell me again what so Let's keep going. This yeah, is definitely. Great. This is great. So the, the, all four of the daughters are great. They're, they're grown. We're, we, we were finally at the point we could attend Mass as a family because, like, families of Mass size and age, a lot of times we would split them up because it was just easier Divide to manage. and conquer, yes. <laughs> it was just easier. And so we were finally at a point where we could attend Mass as a family. You know, we were, had the little ducklings following us in and, uh, we made the decision to move to Holy Cross years ago, and I was at a point where I just kept reading and consuming knowledge about my faith, and I realized, or so I felt, our Catholic faith is missing something. And I felt this way a long time, is community. I would look at many other faiths and uh, backgrounds and say, Man, they always look like they're together. There's there's community. They they come together, and I was like, we're missing that. And so I one day I, I went to uh, Deacon Paul Mott at Holy Cross, and sat down with him on this. And he goes, this is great. He said, but it's got to come from you. It's got to come from the laity. We can't take this and run with it because it's got to. He goes, but I got an idea. Something might be coming that might help with that. And little did I know that was this was before the axe retreat came into play at mm -hmm. Holy Cross or any of that. And so, for me, I had never made a retreat in my life, ever. And so, we're sitting at that that mass, the very first commissioning mass for the first axe retreat, and I just looked at my wife and she said, "Go," because mm -hmm. she knew I'd been thinking about something. And so, uh, I went and signed up for that retreat, not knowing what was going to happen or you know what would go on and I remember when the treat finally came I had one comment you know as to why I was there is I need to know if I'm on the right path for myself for my family for my community I just wanted to know if I'm doing the right things and so uh, for me it it was an awakening to something I had never known before, kind of what we're called to do. And that's the idea of community. It's the idea of service. And from there, you're, God will always put opportunities in front of you. 
and it's up to you if you want to say yes yeah you have that opportunity and you know what you can say no Mm -hmm. and guess what you're gonna have another opportunity to come right up and that's the beauty of that so i say no way more than i ever say Mm -hmm. yes that's i find that hard to believe (laughs) (laughs) no no trust me it's true it's true but those yeses could be as little as just encountering someone at the grocery store Mm -hmm. Someone who can't reach that can at the top shelf. And I, I say that to my, uh, I'm part of Life Team at Holy Cross also with Kyle Malosa, our youth minister, is we have to encounter these kids. These kids need to appreciate their faith because if they don't understand what they have in their faith, you know, for me, Paramount, it's the Eucharist, right? That is the source and summit of Absolutely. our faith. Again, you're listening to Cajun Catholics. Our guest today is Johnny Cox from GolfBalls.com, an outstanding Catholic in Acadiana. And, uh, you know, we were just ta- touching on the Eucharist. I mean, that's the source and summit of our faith. It, and when I was 16, I didn't get it. Didn't care to get it. I had better things to do. And so the, these young adults, these kids nowadays, are they're just blasted with everything coming at them. In a world that doesn't want them to come to know Jesus or the Eucharist, or or faith in any way, shape, or form. And so that's what I love encountering with these kids. Uh, we even did an exercise once of why be Catholic? Mm-hmm. At pros and cons. I mean, we make all of our family, big family decisions, we weigh out the pros and cons. And let's get real with these kids. And that's what we did with them. And it, everything that they wrote down for pros and cons is the same thing you and I would write down. That's what blew me away with that. Mm. And encountering these kids where they are is the most important thing we can do. And living that faith, letting them see you live it, is just as important. Absolutely. You know, as leader of your family and, and uh, you know, you have, to, you have to show, you know, it's not good enough to talk about. You know, I think uh, like St. Francis says, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. You know, that's how we're called to be. How, how would you react to people who, you know, who may be non-Catholic or Catholics out there that struggle with the physical presence of Jesus in the Eucharist? Is that, I, I assume that's a belief you have and, uh, and, and how so? That, that's a good question because I struggled to for, for many years. And part of what I've just learned to do is I, I accept, first of all, in my faith. If I try to live from my head, I will never wrap my hands around what my faith is, ever, ever. But through the years, I've learned not to live by my head or my mouth, per se, but through my heart through adoration and adoration used to mean nothing to me either and I've had some instances where it's just blown my I'm just weeping openly and I Mm. didn't understand the why behind it and you're right it's not always an easy conversation to have with people and a lot of what they say I agree with them in their confusion or their questions and we all have those same questions but more than anything you have to encounter them with those questions. You just can't shut them off, but just slowly talk through them with it and try and if you can show them how you feel from your heart, it's much, I think it's much more real than just trying to speak words to them mm-hmm. about how you think it, it mm-hmm. is. Yeah, you know, we had some discussions. I got the great privilege to go to the Holy Land and we went to Bethlehem and I learned that the word Bethlehem means house of bread. 
you know, and it's sort of the Ark of the Covenant. Um, you know, when Jesus is born there, he is the bread of life. And, um, you know, John 6, this, you know, that's the source and summit also of our faith. Where, And then and on the road to Emmaus, when they break the bread and, and, and they, they recognize Jesus in the bread. You know, so we've had some great discussions at work with some of my uh, non-denominational good close friends. We have heated discussions. Right. You know, but that's what we're called to do. Question. It, it, that's it's safe as long as you're both coming at it from the right perspective i think open conversation is is awesome it's incredible and so you know i know you know a lot of great cajun catholics uh especially with your involvement in the acts movement uh tell me a little bit about um just you know how that has inspired you <laughs> it 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 pushed me out of my boat you know the, someone said once is when there was the great storm that Jesus was in the boat in and Jesus is reaching his hand out was he reaching to pull them out onto the water <laughs> or was were they trying to pull him into the boat and I have fully embraced the idea of pulling me out of the boat <laughs> uh, it, it, it's he always gives you opportunities to do that and it's gonna feel weird at first it's going to feel, man, I blew that one. And then all of a sudden you realize when you get out of your own way and let the Holy Spirit take over, it works. Mm -hmm. No matter what, the Holy Spirit's going to do what, what needs to be done. And so for me, it's about being open to a, a friend of mine in my prayer group says, are pings. Mm -hmm. When he pings you, are you open to hear it? Um, I'll share with you a couple of examples of, of being open. And one of them I, I used in, uh, in our life team class, because I think it's important, was those pinks can come from anywhere. And I'll explain this story because I thought it was a pretty good one. Is About a year ago, two years ago, my thing was I would work out Saturday mornings, then from the workout go straight to buy groceries, Walmart, Sam's Club, home, back by a certain time. I had it, I had it set in rotation. And one Saturday morning, I decided to change up my workout routine. And next thing I know, it's like, I can't go to, to grocery <laughs> shop like this. I got to go home. I got to go shower, which put me back 45 minutes. So I was already aggravated at that and, you know, all this stuff. And I had been in a really bad area, really kind of woe is me. I'm down on, you know, pity me, kind of my own pity party. And so I go home, I shower. I'm about 45 minutes late get to Walmart, do what I need to do, get to Sam's. Well, after the workout, I had to go to the restroom and I'm in there, what I thought was by myself. And I hear someone say, can you help me? Right. Yeah. You will pause when you hear someone say that in a public restroom. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I didn't say anything. And then they said it again. I'm sorry, can you help me? And said uh sure in just a moment <laughs> and i said you sure you don't need an employee he goes no i just need help pulling my pants up oh god right and so at that point i'm like okay this this could go sideways but i'm gonna do it and so i walk to the first stall and it's empty and then i walk to the second stall and god showed up for me that day was a gentleman probably in his late 60s he was handicapped and had no ability to reach behind him to pull up his pants. Mm. And 
in that moment, I saw Christ. And I helped pull his underwear and his pants up. And he's thanking me. I said, no, thank you, sir. And I walked out and I immediately texted my wife. I said, I love it when God smacks me in the face. <laughs> I love it because get over your pity party because this man has to encounter that every second of every day. And yet here I am moping about my prayer life or this that didn't happen. And I love it when he wakes you up to the, to the cold hard truth. We're still called to serve. Uh, most recently, you know, part of as being a father, we have to show our children how to serve. And I was, I had to run on a Sunday night with my 14 year old to Walmart to pick something up for a project. As we're leaving, there's sometimes you have people uh, asking for money at the corner of Ambassador mm -hmm. and Walmart uh, on Ambassador Caffrey. And I saw someone there and not thinking I had any money, I was like, oh, I can't, you know, you put your eyes down, right? Then I kept going. And then it hit me, wait, I got $3 in my wallet. And granted, I'm someone with four daughters. If I have cash, I love to hold on to it because I never get it. And so I immediately turned around into near the little car place right there. And I go in through the, uh, the car wash behind it. And my daughter goes, Dad, what are you doing? I didn't say a word. She goes, I said, I have $3. She said, are you going to give it to her? I said, who needs it more? Not for the reason behind it, but who needs it more? And so we pull up, and she said, thank you. I said, stop. I said, if you don't mind, may I please know your name? She said, it was Lisa. I said, God bless you, Lisa, and said a brief prayer with her, and we drove off. I said, sweetheart, why do you think I asked for her name? And she didn't say anything. I said, because everyone knows them as a homeless person. Mm -hmm. But every single person on this earth has a name. I said, you need to honor people by knowing that name. And said, we are going to pray for her tonight, too. There's opportunities and pings everywhere. It's so powerful. And I almost said no. I said no, right, to that ping. But then he woke me up. And I, you can only say no so many times because once you know the truth in that relationship with Christ, you can never be the same. The apostles tried, right? After he, after he was crucified, they, they went back to the boats. What happened? The Holy Spirit comes down, rocks their world, and the world was never the same. It's through our example. That's awesome. Well, we just have about a minute left in the show. I just want to say, Johnny, you know, uh, most people would be traumatized by the bathroom story at Walmart. <laughs> you know, I know I would be, and it's just a testament to what a great guy you are. And um, and thank you on behalf of all of our community for all the things you do and your example of being an awesome father and a family man and a leader for Christ. So thank you for, for that. So, again, uh, what's what's next for you? survive the summer with four daughters i think i'm all ready to put them back in school but uh it's just coming to to know my my faith and my love of christ in a deeper manner uh 
and to be an example to uh to shout out to the lord when need be with music may not always sound good Mm -hmm. but he doesn't care he just wants you to bring it and just try to be an example for others i wish we had another 30 minutes this flew by uh johnny is just a great testament to our community thank you johnny cox for being here today thank you so much thank you for being on cajun catholics god bless y'all please unleash the cajun catholic in you